It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. You're very welcome to Midweek Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. It takes some bottle to pull the plug on your wedding weeks before the big day. Ashley McGee did and she's talking about it and she's with us on the show this afternoon. Hello, Ashley. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thanks indeed for taking our call. When was this? How how many years ago was it? It's coming up to five years now. And how close were you to the wedding day? We were ten weeks out. (gasps) Holy moly. Everything everything booked? Everything was booked. We had had the dress, I had the invitations. Everything was booked, absolutely. So, the big question, which has three little letters, W, H, why? Why did you do it? Um, I suppose the reasons why are they're kind of personal to the boys' dads. Um, at the time, I had a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a nine-month-old, so I always try and be very respectful to the fact that a lot of it is his story more than mine to tell. Um, but I would say that I, I just knew that it was the right thing in the long run for myself and my kids. We had a great relationship in many aspects, but in many aspects, it wasn't so great. And I suppose I just kind of felt that I always say, you know, happy mammy, happy kids, and we have to do what's right by ourselves before our children can be happy. So that was the reason, I suppose, that I went ahead and made the decision. Was it? Was a, just looking long term. Was it in your mind for a while? Did your gut tell you? Um. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it always it was in my mind for a while. But I, like you say, I always say, go with your gut. And yes, absolutely. I suppose it was a good decision. Not an easy one by any means or any um, stroke of the imagination. Hugely, hugely difficult decision. But ultimately, I think for everybody involved, it was the right one. Your former partner, you two children with him and you were obviously living together, were you at the time? Yes, we were living together. We had um, uh, bought our own house, we had a mortgage, all the all the things that come along with, you know, preparing for a big day. We really had our little family unit. So again, that makes it a lot harder, of course. And do you remember the moment that you went to him and said, listen, all bets are off? Was he totally shocked? Do you think you just took the wind out of his sails or how did he react? I think he had a lot of respect for my decision, being the person that he is. He's an exceptionally good father. He's an exceptionally good person. Um, I think he had an awful lot of respect for my decision and could understand where I was coming from as well. So I think because we were both very much alike and very much like energies that he understood where I was coming from. 
And I suppose our focus then just changed to if this isn't going ahead, we have created two kids we absolutely adore. And our focus then more went towards them and how we were going to protect them from the situation and make sure that they were going to have the best life possible. It's a brave thing to do so far down the road because you were more or less in a married situation with your children, your home and everything, you know. Yeah, do you know what? It was a brave thing. I look back now and I I consider myself brave for doing it because the easiest thing in the world would have been to say, you know, everything's gone out. I'm just going to go ahead with this and I'll worry about it afterwards. But I'm such a big believer in, you know, we get one life and if things aren't going your way or if you're not completely happy, you're always in control. It's always in your power to change things. And that's what I did. And ultimately, I couldn't see it then, but the way my life worked out, I'm remarried now. I have another little baby, Molly. She's one and a half. The way things unfolded for me, even though I didn't know it at the time, it was just fantastic. And even my ex-partner, the way things have unfolded for him, and now he's happy. And so it all comes full circle. But yes, absolutely, it was a brave decision at the time because obviously nothing is guaranteed. And is he in a relationship now? He is indeed. He's with an absolutely lovely, lovely girl. And her and I have a fantastic relationship. Absolutely fantastic And we all just focus on the kids. And that's what people comment all the time is on our co-parenting relationship because it's quite unique. We are like the best of friends. The boys come first. And we all get along. Himself and my husband get along. And it's just all about the kids. Now, if I were in your shoes back then, I can only Mm -hmm. imagine my biggest dread would be going to my parents, my family, everybody who was looking forward to the big day, who were sure... Here you were, set up for life, and you were just going to make it official. Was that tough? It was tough, but then I also found that anyone I was going to tell personally was who was close to me in life, like you say, like my parents, my friends. And I think that that's a lot. When you go through something like I went through, you really discover who your friends are and who's there for you. And Most people just gave me a hug and said, Ashley, we are here for you 100%, no matter what you decide. And that's the kind of attitude and the support that I got. People were fantastic to me and really understanding. And then you had to go and uncouple, forgive the pun, uh, Mm -hmm. all the arrangements, hotels, everything you'd booked. That must have been logistically a nightmare, was it? It can be, yeah, it was hard. I mean, it was a lot of, I didn't try not to call as many people as I could. A lot of it was done through email and things. And like that, again, venues and places and my dressmaker, everyone was very understanding. I think when you're going through something so personal like that, people are just happy to accommodate you in any way they can and make it easier on you, you know, as easy as possible. And if you don't mind me asking, you're very happy now. You have a new baby, you're with someone else. Mm-hmm. Did, did that happen quickly or did you take time to take stock when, when you drew the line under the original relationship? Oh, absolutely. I think sometimes when people hear my story, it just comes across as, you know, oh, it happened, you're happy so quickly again and it just moves on. But I suppose what I want to get across, especially to women, is I absolutely had my down days. I absolutely had total and utter heartbreak and devastation. I think when a relationship ends, the dreams and the hopes that you have for that relationship are gone and especially when you have two small children that's not easy and there were times that it was absolutely heartbreaking but I think everything in life is your attitude towards it and I always say that things happen for a reason and so even on the hardest days you know the quote I love is the hardest thing I ever had to do was to be a mother while my heart was breaking and that applies to me because 
I just tried to pull the positives from it that I had, the relationship that I had and the years we enjoyed and the two kids we got from it. And I tried to focus on those things um, and move forward because at the end of the day, life has to go on. Now, one thing you didn't cancel was the hen. Yes. You so went on a... really a hen in the end. <laughs> <You're> far <laughs> from a hen. Yeah, absolutely. It was so funny because my best friend had gone out of her way, organised a lovely hen for us until Lamar. And I had the small affair. I had my really, really close friends and family organised to go to it. And I suppose then when, when the wedding wasn't going ahead, as I said, I had my month or two to be really, really down, which I was, and cry my tears. And then the hen was approaching and the girls were like, what do you want to do? And I said, you know what, like, what more do I need now when I've gone through the mill the last few weeks is to be around my friends and around my family and the people that care for me. And so I said, look, people have booked time off work. People have paid deposits. You all are my circle who are there for me. So let's just go ahead and we'll go away for our night out. And, you know, it was what I needed at the time. Now, your story has prompted a fair amount of reaction from other women who are you know, in similar predicaments to you found yourself in, going mm-hmm. through separations, women who are in marriages and relationships with children who just feel ignored and struggling and struggling with life in general. This has been yeah. a, a big sea swell of, of reaction to you, hasn't it? Absolutely. I have a blog on Facebook. It's called Beauty by Ashley. So originally I'm a makeup artist and I use the page. I post a lot about fashion, about makeup, but I suppose I realised that when I have that platform there and I have so many followers, I'm a bit of an open book and I like to share and I like to be real and I share a lot of my life on the page. And in turn, as you say, that has brought so many women to message me to say, Ashley, I admire your story or for advice on how to co-parent, how to deal with breakups. But then it also, I've received messages from women with postnatal depression, anxiety, I think just because I am so open and honest that I am just an outlet for these women and they contact me every week I get messages through my blog um, looking for advice. You've had a good old lash at social media as well, even though you use it for blogging and you you mentioned your Facebook there, but Mm -hmm. you say social media is so fake. Why so? I think a lot of the times it can be fake. I think women especially, we need to take it with a huge pinch of salt. Um, I think there's so many positive aspects to social media. Absolutely, there is. But I think what we need to remember is that when you're on Facebook or Instagram, you really are been shown someone's highlight reel, as I call it. So if you were to sit and compare yourself to that, as a woman especially, you're going to feel inadequate and you're going to sometimes feel like you're the only one with problems. You're the only one struggling with the kids that day. You're the only one having relationship issues because it really is just a platform a lot of the time to show the best of people's lives. And I think that's what I try to do through my page is to try and show the realer aspect of life that, yes, we all have fantastic days, but, yes, we also all struggle with things as well. Did you get much negative reaction when you made this last-minute decision to pull the plug from any quarter? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All I ever received was support and kindness from those around me and either messages of admiration from people who didn't know me like you said, most people view it as a brave thing and would aspire to, you know, to pull on positives the way I did in a tough spot. And even in 
the real world, as I call it, you know, with yes. people, you know, that you, you work, you meet other mums, your families, etc. Never you got no inkling of nothing saying, oh, that one, look what she did. Definitely not, because I think every, especially as I say again with women, they understood that I was doing what was right for me and right by my kids. And I think if my ex-partner then and, and his family supported me, then, you know, why would anybody else not? Because I had the love and support and the understanding from everyone in my circle. So no, I've never honestly received any negative um, aspect of it whatsoever. Jerry, here's some comment coming to me today. Keep them coming. 086-1800-658. It's free on WhatsApp. 086-1800-658. Are you listening to what Ashley McGee is saying to me today? That's the text number as well, or 1850-715-958. You can call our social media platforms. Jerry, what a lovely girl to listen to. Uh, she really puts her point across in a positive and eloquent way. Hats off to her. There's a positive for That's you. That's lovely. Thank you so much to whoever sent it in. That's absolutely Another one here. Jerry, I did it. Cancelled my wedding. I'm very happy now. But at mm-hmm. the time, family members felt embarrassed and didn't talk to me for months. I'm sure you can understand that as well. You were lucky, I'd say. I was very blessed, absolutely. I suppose when it comes to family members, especially on, on the ex-partner side, maybe, there's room that I was very, very lucky. And like that again, I don't think I'm the only woman. Yes, yes, I hear what you're saying. The one who speaks about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're saying there. Uh, there's more coming to us. I'll, I'll get them in a minute. Or, or when you're gone, I'll, I'll read them, I promise as well. Anyone who gets in touch with us on this one. Now, as a... a, a Building on this, may I say, uh, for where you are today and and coming out with this story, because it's really public at this stage. Um, The Good Life Gift Shop in Trim and you and what you do there every week. Tell us what happens now and what you've got involved in. So I, as I said to you earlier, get all these messages through my social media from women and struggling, as I said, with different, different things. And so I said to my mum before Christmas, I said, you know, if all these women are going through all of these different things, but the one thing they have in common is that they all feel alone in their issue. And I said to my mum, and I'm going to call it Women Supporting Women. And it's just an outlet for women to meet up and no one's a professional, no one's a counsellor, a therapist. It's just for us to be together as women and share our stories and our journeys, the good and the bad, and maybe help each other. So I did a post on my Facebook blog and I said, four people, I'll be thrilled. And within an hour of the post, I had 20 messages from different women wanting to attend the group. So what it is, as I said, it's just a group of women. We come together and we share and inspire each other through our stories and our journeys. It's amazing the way something happens because of somebody honestly telling uh, their story and putting it out there for everybody else and this is what has happened to you and I'm sure it's amazing to think that one person like you and what you've been through has prompted all this and what may lie ahead for you now Thank you so much, well yeah I, I, people always say to me I, sh- I should write a book and if I didn't have three kids I'd probably have the time to do it <laughs> but, um, I, that's it, I just want to use my platform and my story to inspire other women and say to them, you know everyone goes through hard times in life and everything is is in your power to change it. It's just to realise that you have that power and you are always in control of your life. 
I think you'll be reading books rather than writing them for the next while, but <laughs> and and that'll give you a good platform then going forward. Look, Absolutely. it's one hell of a story, and that you've come out and told about it as well and put it out there for people has really made an awful lot of people think. There's another one, Jerry. Sometimes a bride or groom who has second thoughts go through uh, with the wedding, and it ends up in uh, fights, resentment, yeah. in a life of unhappiness, and probably splitting up down the road. An interesting one, isn't so you're really it? only putting off, mm. you know, the inevitable sometimes. Mm, absolutely. Well, I admire you. I have to say that uh, you've great balls, and I use that in the best sense of the word, to be honest with you, <laughs> to do what you did. But thank you for joining me today to tell your story, Ashley. No problem. And I say to anyone listening, if they want to get in touch on my blog, it's Beauty by Ashley. If they feel like the group might be something that's helpful to them, they can get in touch with me and I can pass on more details. Indeed. Thanks a million. Best wishes to you. No problem. Thank you. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Ashley McGee there. My oh my. What a decision to take. Two children, home mortgage, together, on the cusp of the wedding, and you decide, this is not for me. And you can stand back a few years on and say, it's absolutely the right decision. Anybody else out there, go to the wire on their wedding and say no. Have you any thoughts on what we've been talking about for the last while? Always love to hear from you, our listeners. 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text or call us on the usual number, 1850-715-958. Oh, he's really going big at this stage. Sean Tester, yes, his new show. She's the one at the Barbican Centre in Drogheda, Saturday, 23rd of February at 8 o'clock. And his very special guest is our very own Miss Claire Regan from Smitherini fame. Brilliant, brilliant performer and singer as well. The Barbican, it's €20 in, no booking fee. You can get tickets from the Barbican box office or call them on 041-980-7416. You can pick them up at the West Court Hotel, the reception there, or book online at ticketweb.ie. That's Sean Tester, and she's the one at the Barbican, Saturday 23rd of February. He's brilliant. He's a brilliant, brilliant guy from his uh, performances as a tenor with the choir to his concerts that he's had at the Drihid Arts Centre for the last number of years. But he's going to the bigger venue this time, and I'm sure he's going to pack it out. I mentioned the choir there. He's a member of the oldest and most famous male voice choir in the Drogheda area. What's the name of that choir? If you send me the name of that choir, I'll give you some tickets. I have some tickets to give away for that great night for Sean. So what choir, what famous choir is Sean Tester a member of? Answers to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text, please. I'll tell you, Louise, that Ashley McGee is some woman. I'd listen to her all day, Jerry. She really <laughs> empowers you, doesn't she? Oh, my God. God almighty. Very brave thing to do. Because a lot of people would, you know, shy away from it and go the quiet road, put up with it. But especially because, you you know, you lose all the deposits. Well, that's the thing I mentioned to her there, but she worked through that anyway, you know. Mm. But uh, money or love, love, money, what's the mix? Well, tomorrow's the big day, isn't it? Valentine's Day and we have a very special late lunch tomorrow. Oh, we're really looking forward to Valentine's Day. Don't miss late lunch tomorrow. We'll tell you more about that later and again in the morning. But just... For Ashley McGee, we've picked a song and it's one of my favourite performers. And I suppose the first few words of this song sum it sort of all up. Yes, it's Billy Joel. Don't go changing to try and please me. 
been described as the scariest film ever. I'm not joking you. It premiered last night in Dublin and the star is a young man from Julianstown in County Meath and he's with me on the show this afternoon. I'm delighted to welcome to Late Lunch James Quinn Markey. His mum is here, Karen Quinn. Sister Aoife Quinn Markey is here and we have to say hello to Cara who's at home and Dad Brian. You're all very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Well we best start with the main man himself. James, what about this? The scariest movie ever. Did you realise that when you were involved in the making of it? I didn't think, firstly, that it would be that scary. Because when I was making it, obviously, I know it's all just pretend and and the monsters in it are just all make-up and everything. But then when I actually went and saw it, it turned out much more scarier than I thought it would actually be. Isn't that interesting that you're there at the heart of it and it looks different when you see it finished on the screen. And is that you? Are you the boy in the poster advertising the movie? Yes, but I look a lot different now. I look a lot different. You look way different because when you popped into studio today, I said, that's not him at all. You're really scary looking in that poster. Yes, well, in there's a cu- there's a couple of different ones. Probably my favourite would be the spider. My my face is not that pale, though. <laughs> no, but that's makeup again, isn't it? As you yeah. mentioned, with the actors as well. Tell us how this role came about for you. Well, I started off going to a drama school, Little Duke, in Drogheda. And uh, my sister, Aoife, had originally gone there. And then I thought, oh, this looks interesting. I might tr- try. So I went there for a couple of weeks and then my drama teacher Brenda said to my mum uh, there's uh, this audition coming up for Vikings would I like to do it so I did went and did the audition I got a couple of callbacks and then I got the part as Ivar and then after I'd finished that I got another call for an audition I did that and when it was around the last two two auditions there was only me and another boy that were doing it and I got one final call back and then I got the purse. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant because this is a highly competitive process. Loads of young boys went for these roles both in Vikings and for the hole in the ground as well. Were you thrilled when you got the award on both of them? You know, when you hear that you've got the parts. Well, on f- firstly on Vikings, I really didn't understand any of it for at first until my mum and dad explained it to me. Right. But then when I went on set, I was just like, wow, this is much bigger than I thought it would be. And then when I went onto the hole in the ground, it, I knew what, w- what would be coming up and I expected 
the same kind of as Viking mm. Vikings, but then it it was just whole dif- whole whole differently. Di- yes, yes. Because it was all it was horror mm. firstly, different yeah. genre and a movie rather than a TV series. Yeah. So there was a difference. But did Vikings prepare you in a way? Yes. Part yes, a yeah. little bit. It gave yeah. you the grounding for the movie. Then, what part are you playing in this movie? I play a boy called Christopher O'Neill or Chris O'Neill, mm-hmm. and my mother is Shauna Kerslake, who is Sarah O'Neill. Okay, and we know Shauna well because a date for Mad Mary, the movie she starred in, which was made in this neck of the woods as well, and of course she's well known for can't cope, won't cope on TV as well. What was she like to work with? Uh, it was when I first met her. We were just doing, like, to build up relationship, doing different things. Like, we were getting maybe different parts of a scene and trying to work out how best it would be to put the lines in and to do it, yeah. So you are right in there, part of the whole thing, moving with these senior actors and being involved in the scripts and the shooting. Absolutely everything. A star in your own right. Well, not 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 really a star, but... You uh, are a star. I'm going to say it again. And you're just taking off up into the skies, young man. Look, when you're on the set and when they're shooting a movie, when did this happen? Were you... I know you're at school still, of course. Were you in and out of school when the shooting happened? Or were you out of school? Uh, most, most of the shooting happened during the summer, but I took a couple of days off school... Oh my God, so that's not bad, isn't it, in the context of a whole movie? So it sat just nicely with your summer holidays as well. You know, I I have a bit of an idea of how it works behind the scenes and all that has to be done to set all the different ones up. Is Is it difficult to pass the time when you're waiting to be called to shoot a scene? Usually I'd be practicing lines, trying to learn lines in between scenes. Or I, if I'm away, like, I was sometimes in Bray or somewhere and everyone was at home. I'd either be, like, phoning them or Skyping them because I I am very aware of that. I, just because I'm in somewhere else doing something without them, I still want to keep in contact. You want to be in yeah. touch as well. Good man yourself. So between learning the lines, keeping in touch with family and friends, the time goes by quickly. Yes. You know when you're in it and it's been made and they shoot and reshoot, do, do they have to take do many takes at times? No, take one, two, three. Yes, well, in lot there was one scene where it took a long time, mm. especially in the car scenes because they had to set up the car on like a trailer and they had to keep going. If there was like one mistake, say a plane going overhead, they would just cut that scene and go again. So. Yes, some of them took a long time. Wouldn't you think Aer Lingus or Ryanair or Dublin Airport would limit will sort that out and having you to reshoot it again? <laughs> anyway, um, w- w- you're on the set and you, you take and it's all finished, okay? And and that the movie was shot was it about a year or more ago? I I think it was two summers ago. Two summers ago, okay. Now, when you go and see the premiere was last night in Dublin. Was that the first time you saw the full movie, or did you see it before that? I went to Sundance a couple of weeks ago and... You were in the States? Yep. In Utah? In Utah, yes. At the Sundance Film Festival? <laughs> Go on, you good thing. <laughs> I'd say that was magical, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really good experience. I 
At first, I did not know anything about Sundance. I just knew that it was a film festival yeah. and it was in America. That's pretty much all I knew. Then when I went there, I kind of learned more about it and that it was the... Well, it's the biggest inter, uh, independent film festival in the world. Or in the United States, sorry. Yes. Um, yes. On And Main Street was mainly where everything was. And it was... Especially the snow was amazing. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, Really heavy snow at that time. So a double whammy. You saw big, big American snow as well as seeing the movie. And that was the first time you saw it at the Sundance. Yes. What did you make when you went in and saw what transpired, the finished product? I I thought it was amazing. Mm. I thought, and I thought it was just, this movie was just going to be a small a small little irish film but it turned out to be massive a massive thing it's going uh, all over now it's going to be in ireland and all over england all over ireland on the 1st of march so and I would hi- highly recommend it to go. Indeed, yes. and you would. And may I say, I highly recommend it to people as well. It is going in general release here in Ireland on the 1st of March. So you can go and see this emerging star on the screen in the scariest movie that's ever been made, is what they're calling it. Have you anything else in the pipeline at this minute in time or what's happening now? I think just taking a break for now. Uh, Absolutely. Getting back to reality in school. <laughs> a good man yourself. Is that tough? You know, obviously your schoolmates in the the classroom and that know that you've been making this movie, Vikings before it, and now this movie now. Do they have a chat with you or do they talk to you about it? Well, they obviously they would be saying, well done, James. And I think, yeah, I find it pretty easy to go back just to reality and in school and back to home. But when I'm away, I think I probably find it more difficult to set to go in, settle into the, there because I'm probably more used to going about my regular life. So you love school, you love home with your sisters and your mum and dad where you go to school and life at home is the most important thing for you. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, that is lovely, lovely to hear. I want to take a short break on late lunch. Isn't he absolutely fantastic? I'll tell you what, you can talk. That's <laughs> for sure. There's no doubt about that. I'm delighted to have you with me today. Now, mum and sister are here as well. James Quinn Markey is the star of the movie. Aoife Quinn Markey is here with me and Karen Quinn is mum. And we're going to talk more after this short break. The Hole in the Ground, the scariest movie ever made. James Quinn Markey is with us today. He's one of the stars. His mum is here and his sister joins us, Aoife Quinn Markey. Aoife, welcome to the show. Now, come on, give me an independent assessment if you can. You saw the movie for the first time last night. What did you make of it? Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be scary at all because I had seen some of the scenes and it being made. But when I did see it, I was really tense in my seat. (laughs) I did not expect it at all. Did you sleep well last night? Yes, because of the tiredness. (laughs) (laughs) So the tiredness knocked you out. What about your brother? Now, you started all this up. You were the first to go to Little Duke, yes? Yes. And... You love the Little Duke Theatre, I take it, because you're big fans now with two of you there, yeah? Yes. 
what what did you do in Little Duke? What have you been involved in yourself? Uh, just the plays in Little Duke. Yeah. Nothing, nothing big like James. Ah, well, it's only a matter of time. You know, once <laughs> one family member makes the breakthrough, well, it's going to be that door may push a little easier for yourself. Um, what did you think of your brother's performance in the movie? I still look at him the same way, but it, he was creepy. Was he? Yeah. But he's not like that. Look at him there today, little innocent face, like he's waving at me here. <laughs> you wouldn't think butter would melt in his mouth, so he does act the part really well. Yes, he does. You recommend this movie, yes, to yes, people to go and see? To, yes, mm. to, like, not children, but any adults. It's, yeah. It's really good. What, what age actually has it got? Is it, a, what cert is it, do you know? Is it 12? It's 15A. Okay, 15A. So a little bit higher. There you go. So you are a little bit below. But you know what I mean? Family get to see the premiere. We understand that. Mum, you're welcome to the show. Karen Quinn, thank you for joining us on Late Lunch this afternoon and bringing these two wonderful children to see us as well. Well, what, what about you and being there last night? I take it you were in Utah, were you, for the first showing with him? Yeah, myself and James went to Utah together, just the two of us. Yeah. Just the pair of yeah. you. So Brian didn't see it either until last night. No, last night was Brian's first viewing, Aoife's first viewing, Granda's first viewing, <laughs> Cara's first viewing. Yeah, so it was brilliant last night for eventually for us all to see it together. Mm. That was brilliant, yeah. And for this fella now, you know, he's made a big breakthrough here with this movie. Yeah, yeah, it appears so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it um, certainly is so. Yeah, well, we, at the start, I suppose, this was a small budget Irish independent film. Lee Cronin's from Scaries um, is his first feature. And that's what we were sold it as. It's a small Irish film. And I suppose we just said, you don't ever know where it's going to go. Um, so this was unexpected for everybody. Everybody on the production team, Lee, Shauna. Um, yeah, the, the guys in America loved it. A24 bought it and brought it to Sundance for its world premiere. And it's... Um, doing really really well so mm. I'm delighted for, for Lee for Shauna and for everybody involved everybody worked it was a small cast and a small crew and everybody worked really hard on it we were there you know all day every day for a long time a long time on post-production so um, I'm delighted for them all yeah I know it's brilliant It's another Irish success story mm. and in the horror genre as well and I, I've looked at other people talking about it today as well and it really is getting five stars all around Mums and dads and families are very important to a young man like this when you're 10 years of age to get get him around the place and be there. And there's a lot of demands, aren't there? It is. Logistically, it's Mm. difficult. Um, I work, Brian works. Um, You know, we had... Uh, during Vikings, we've, we had uh, Nana and Granda who were brilliant. Um, Granda's here with us today. We have a great childminder, Patricia. Um, and you rely on people, um, really. Um, the girls, Aoife and Cara, are fantastic. You know, they're they're brilliant. And um, James definitely wouldn't be sitting here today now without um, the people around him and the team around him. And we, you make commitments and you make sacrifices. But um, we've done it together as a family. Mm. We were all on set for the hole in the ground. Um, and we were all very involved, and that's that's the way it has to work. There's, mm. um, it's we're we're a family, and we have to work together as a family. And um, for anybody, for anybody, for Aoife doing whatever Aoife does, you know, it, it has to be a family yeah. Yeah. commitment. And for the grandparents, you just mentioned there as well, they must be so proud. Oh, listen, we have uh, Nana watching us from above for sure, and yeah. um, we have Granda um, at home with Cara, and very proud, very mm. proud, but proud of them all. Yes, you know, you're proud of your children, who they are. Um, yeah and the people they are and uh, we're proud of all of them and all, yeah. of, all the grandchildren Absolutely yeah. and everything they do every day in their lives is important Absolutely. and the successes they have and the knocks they take mm-hmm. it's all part mm-hmm. and parcel of yeah. it and you know what I love what he said to me he absolutely loves 
his sisters, his parents, his home yeah. and being at school with his friends. Well, that's it. And that's he's a 10 year old boy. Yeah. You know, and, and he has to function as a 10 year old boy. Yes. And, and that's very and important. Absolutely. Isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, that's been commented on everywhere he's gone, that he's been so grinded. You know, you know, he finishes, he plays with his Lego um, and, you, you know, we that, that's that's the way that's he's always going to be James. And, yeah. and that's the way it has to stay. Back to you, uh, James, for a moment. Um, w- when you you've watched movies, I'm sure you've been yeah. <laughs> to see movies. As well. What do you like? I wouldn't usually be into horror. Mm. I, well, I've never really seen much horror before. Yes. Usually I would be into adventure films mostly. Yeah, okay. So adventure films is, is your type of thing. Yeah. That you love. What about on TV? What do you love? Do you watch TV much? Well, we wouldn't be a big sc- yeah. family for screen. Okay. Uh, but if I had to choose, it would probably be Doctor Who. Oh, yes. Well, can I tell you? <laughs> I'm delighted you said that because you look at me today and you think, what would he know about Doctor Who? But you know Doctor Who is running an awful long time from black and white TV. Way back Doctor Who started when I started watching it. And I love Doctor Who as well. The Daleks. I suppose the Daleks aren't in Doctor Who anymore, are they? The Cybermen. The Cybermen, I think, are still in there. Are the Cybermen yes. still there? Oh, I used to be. And talk about being afraid. Oh, Aoife, I used to be down behind the chair and BBC on on Saturday and you're afraid of me like they'd come in the back of the house or something. <laughs> I believed it that much. I really did. <laughs> Honest to God. Doctor Who. And, of course, we have a Lady Doctor Who now. Big yes, change. The new episodes. They're, yeah, I think she's... She is really good, and I didn't expect the Doctor to be a girl, mm. but seeing as he changes nearly every, maybe, five episodes, what could happen? Exactly. Sure, look, it's par for the course with it now, and on it goes, and it's it's huge in the ratings still, which is, which is great to hear. So, you love your family, you love playing with your friends, you love your school, you've done so well in Vikings, and now in this one as well, The Hole in the Ground. What, what would you like to do? Or what would you like to happen from here for you? I'm keeping my options open, but definitely acting would be a path for me to take. Mm. It really is an option now. It certainly is <laughs> with this news, with this movie, no doubt about it. But in the meantime, you're going to continue at your school and yep. enjoying the simple life. Yep. Good man yourself. That's the way. Keep the feet on the ground. Look, I'm delighted to meet you all on Late Lunch and congratulations to you, James, again. It's a fantastic achievement. Best wishes to you too, Aoife. Thank you for coming in to join us today. It's been a pleasure to have you here with us and good luck to you with everything as well. And especially to Mum, Karen, thank you for... You're doing the running around again today to get them in here and organise the logistics of school. But well done to you and Brian and say hello to Cara and Grandad as well, who I know is listening at home today. Thank you so much. Good luck to you. I just want to play this for you. I don't know whether it's your kind of thing anyway. I know you listen. Don't you listen to LMFM at home? In our kitchen every day. It's on all the time. Well, just for you, James, and for Aoife, and we better include Karen in this as well, Justin Bieber, and love yourself. Thank you for coming in. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You think you broke my heart, oh girl, for goodness sake. You think I'm crying on my own, well I ain't. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. And I didn't want to write a song Cause I didn't want anyone thinking I still care or don't But you still hit my phone up And baby, I'll be moving on And I think it should be something I don't want to hold back Maybe you should know that My mama don't like you And she likes everyone And I never like to admit that I was wrong and I've been so caught up in my job Didn't see what's going on But now I know I'm better sleeping on my own Cause if you like the way you look that much Oh baby, you should go and love yourself And if you think that I'm still holding on to something You should go and love yourself when you told me that you hated my friends The only problem was with you and not them And every time you told me my opinion was wrong It tried to make me forget where I came from And I didn't want to write a song Cause I didn't want anyone thinking I still care or don't But you still hit my phone up and baby, I'll be moving on And I think it should be something I don't want to hold back Maybe you should know that My mama don't like you and she likes everyone And I never like to admit that I was wrong And I've been so caught up in my job Didn't see what's going on but now I know I'm better sleeping on my own Cause if you like the 
the way you look that much. Oh, baby, you should go and love yourself. And if you think that I'm still holding on to something, you should go and love yourself. The times that you made me feel small. I fell in love, now I feel nothing at all. I never felt so low when I was vulnerable. Was I a fool to let you break down my walls? 'Cause if you like the way you look that much, oh baby, you should go and love yourself. And if you think. That I'm still holding on to something. You should go and love yourself. 'Cause if you like the way you look that much, oh baby, you should go and love yourself. And if you think that I'm still holding on to something. My next guest this afternoon is returning to late lunch, and I have to tell you, I'm really looking forward once more to what she has to say about healing. I know there are many listening to us this afternoon who feel broken in body, mind, or spirit. Perhaps even all three. Hopefully, the journey to wellness begins right here after Abby Wynn talks to us on Late Lunch. You're welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me back. It's so fun to be here. It's great. It's great to have you because you are one of these people who really made an impression on me the first time we met many moons ago. You've been back subsequently, and here you are today because there is a new book called The Book of Healing Affirmations. But first, before we get into this, <laughs> hold it, hold, stop. The book of healing affirmations. You've been through a bit of a rough time yourself. I have actually. I have, Jerry. Yes, I was quite sick, and it crept up on me last summer, and then it hit me and knocked me for six around September, October, November, and I'm only really beginning to feel like myself again. And you know, I decided I made a decision early on to share it with people. I have a really large social media following, and you tend to, when you follow people on social media, you put them up on the pedestal. And I'm a healer, and I wanted people to know. That healers get sick too, and we're all people. We're all human. And I had panic attacks. I had anxiety attacks from the illness. I had to get a brain scan. It was it was really you know difficult to go through. But I got the support, and I reached out to my people, and I told everyone you have to get support. And it really gave me an insight, a deeper insight into what it feels like to feel powerless, because lots of the people who come to me are feeling powerless. And it's not that I needed to remember what feeling powerless actually feels like, but it's a reminder. Reminder that you know life is fragile and we're all mortal and our bodies age as time goes on and we do need to make the space to look after ourselves. So I feel like I'm kind of waking up now. I'm coming back to life and the daffodils are coming out and you know I'm hoping spring is going to be <laughs> around the corner. Oh, listen, so. it is, Abby. Look at this weather. Wouldn't it just do your heart good? <clears throat> But in a way, you talk the talk for a long time. In recent times, you've had to walk the walk yourself, and here you are, the other side, back to what you do extremely well. Can I ask you this? Because I've been through the book,、uh, and a few things really have hopped out at me. 
you look at healing differently, may I say, because you mentioned illness and, and your, old, your own Ill, illness there. But you look at it from the point of view of health. What do you mean by that? Well, we have models for people who are sick. We have these, you know, ideas of people like role models who do this, who do that, who do the other. But we don't actually have a role model for a well person for vibrant health. And when you look at all of the, and now it's wonderful work fundraising for things like cancer awareness or mental health, but what they're doing is they're putting the issue ahead of the person and the person can get lost in the issue. So I get people who come to me who say, I've been diagnosed with this, I've been diagnosed with that, or I have this or I have this. And I say, you are experiencing this at this moment, but it is not you. And once you carve away all the things that that are not you to remember who you actually are, I think that's when healing can happen. I read a book a long time ago, one of Deepak Chopra's earlier books, when, when, you know, the stuff was really, really good back in the the beginning, where he actually talked about how you take a medicine or a chemical into your body to heal a specific thing or to cure a specific thing. But it changes the entire body chemistry of your entire body. And so when you take something to do one thing, it can actually knock everything else out. And so, you know, I'm looking at my body and when I was at my worst, I have to say November, December was really hard for me, The you know, most of November. I had a realization or an epiphany. The body just wants to heal. That's all it does. Your body does not want to make you ill. It wants to make you well. But if you're bombarding it with all these things that are making it sick, you're not creating an environment for your body to actually go, oh, thank gosh, I've got some space now. I can actually start to heal things. So what I was really looking at was a holistic way of healing, which is very interesting because I had somebody write to me. He's been diagnosed with cancer and he doesn't want to do chemo because he's completely holistic. So I'm not going to say that's the thing because medicine is here to support our bodies and there are certain things that we need medicine for and medicine is really good and important, but medicine is not the only thing that there is. So I went to reflexology. I've just wrote a Facebook post this week about Bach flower remedies. So, I mean, it's easy to find me on Facebook. I have the list of all the remedies there if you want to see what they're for, for emotional support. You need to support yourself. Reaching out and talking about it, it's really important too and creating that space where you're not putting yourself under pressure to get up and do this and get up and do that and and go and go and go, but to say, no, my body needs to rest. And I'm so blessed that even though I work for myself, the momentum of all of the work that I've done up to now carried my business for me and allowed me to take a month where I didn't have to do very much. And it was just wonderful to really just say I'm resting for the next two weeks and see my body healing incrementally. Of course, we get very... um, impatient and we want things to happen much faster than they do but we have to be with our bodies and realize that our bodies just want to heal our bodies are responding to what we're doing with them and I find that as well when you're looking at people who let's say emotional eating who would eat and eat and eat and then hate their bodies what you're doing is you're feeding your body with that hate You know, this brings me beautifully into the healing affirmations because what we do with our brain is we feed toxins into our body and we're telling our body, oh, I don't like my legs, I don't like my bum, my belly is too big. And then your belly is going, oh, I'm too big. What can I do to help you? And then you're eating pizza because you're feeling sad because you're feeling your belly is too big. (laughs) You know, so you have to work with yourself as a whole. Is this, uh, you're yes. nodding your head there. No, no, no. But, but I hear what you're saying because there is the medical interventions, which are very important. We want to emphasize that again. And, you know, they're, they're life 
saving in many instances, but there's a lot around that as well that you're talking about. Different therapies that can help you. You mentioned rest has been one thing there. Not being bombarded in your mind. Absolutely. You know, you talk about your business. You left it aside. You had to because you couldn't cope with, you know what I mean, the normal. I know. And what we do is we create anxiety. It's like we leave a trail of anxiety behind us and we carry it in our bodies. And it's just really, again, experiencing being sick was a reminder to me of how much we actually hold in our bodies. There's layers and layers and layers and layers of anxiety and you release one and there's another one and you release one. And then, you know, feeling safe in the world and people feeling ungrounded, unstable, people having, I mean, anxiety is out there. There's so many people with anxiety right now and you're already holding so much anxiety and then there's more is being piled upon you. We have to take the time, and this is a holistic thing, to sit and to breathe and to release that anxiety and that's the type of work that I do. I mean, people come to me and they say, I meditate every day and I go, great, so you work with your thoughts. What do you do for your emotional body? What do you do for your spiritual body? You know, your physical body, you go for a walk, you do your jogging. But people aren't really paying attention to the other bodies that we have because when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we only see one body and that's the physical body. There's so much talking about the mental body. I'd like us to talk about spiritual. I'd like us to talk about emotional as bodies, as aspects of us. Of our makeup because it all comes together. Come back to the affirmations because this is what the book is about and there are so many affirmations in this book and an, an affirmation, you're affirming something in your life and there are so many to choose from in here. Now affirmations, What's the idea behind them? You you read them, you repeat them, you read them aloud, you read them in your mind. What? You see, I have a different take on it. That's why you introduced me a different take. When I just, just said there, your thoughts are like toxins and, you know, you're thinking all the worst and you've got, you know, you're putting poison into your body. Yeah. And I see affirmations as an antidote to the poison that you put in your body. I see it as, you know, an elixir of life, as medicine for the soul. But if you're just saying it, you know, and think you believe it, excuse me, or you'd like to believe it, it doesn't work. Now, I love Louise Hay. I think she did amazing work, breakthrough work in the field of affirmations. But her mirror technique, to me, I had an aversion to it. I would just have this whole body shiver, like, oh, when you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, I love you, I love you, I love you to yourself every day, because well, we're Irish, aren't we, Jerry? We don't believe that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so if you're saying something and in your gut you don't believe it, then you're creating a disconnect. And by repeating something you don't believe, you're increasing the disconnect. So that's why the first part of the book of Healing Affirmations is vital for people to read that part because they have to really understand where I'm coming from with this. Mm. You know, because you can pick a pretty affirmation and say it 10 times and go off and have a day and it, you know, it might make you feel good for a few minutes, but it's not actually becoming an antidote. It's not actually sifting through your emotional body. It's not actually being embodied. Can I read one just for example? My day begins with peace and ends with peace. And I'm sure that's what most people want in their lives. They wake up, they're at peace and they can go to rest at peace as well. But if you're at war in your life <laughs> with people at work, you know, or with yourself with in yourself, your mind, that's the biggest the thought, one. Yeah, with yeah. yourself. And you keep reading that and reading that. It won't make a whit of difference, will it? Well, you see, I'm asking you to read it and then ask yourself, how true is this for me? And to be completely honest in your answer, because you only have you 
to account to mm. in this. So if you're reading it and you're kidding yourself, you're fooling yourself and saying my day begins with peace and ends with peace, you know you're kidding yourself. Whereas you say, actually, no, it doesn't begin with peace and it doesn't end with peace. My day, in fact, the whole day is completely not at peace. Then you have an emotional release. Then you have that breakthrough and then you can start saying, well, I would love for my day to be at peace. What do I need to do in order to create that? And to give yourself again the time to have the patience to open it out there and say what needs to change so that I can move into a state where my day begins with peace and ends with peace. So I see these as benchmarks. Okay. And they make us consider, look, look at the emotions. Absolutely. Feel what it feels like to say them out loud. Oh, I don't actually, you know, I have clients who can't read some of these. You know, they just can't read them. It's as if their brain just can't take the words in or the feeling. I have other clients that say an end with a question mark, you know, and it's like they're asking themselves, is this true? And I think, you know, here's the key of all healing. And, you know, we mentioned this before we went on air. So stop kidding yourself. Stop telling yourself stories. Mm. You know, if your day is not a peaceful day, it will not become a peaceful day because you're telling yourself it will. I'm looking at one here and I'm going to come back to it in a minute. When I am patient with myself, I am patient with others. The most impatient man in the world you're listening to on Late Lunch today. <laughs> Abby Wynn staying with us. We'll be back in a couple of moments. Have patience. Abby Wynn is with me on Late Lunch, the book of healing affirmations we're talking about. Energy in affirmations talk to me about this our energizing affor- affirmations well, is that different to actioning them i think feeling them and being them is the action and if you think about a piano right a really big piano you've got all the lower notes down one end and you've got all the higher notes down the other end and so what the way i've written the affirmations in blocks of i think there's 14 different categories is that you start with the lower notes and work your way up to the higher notes and so if you're approaching the book the way that i've suggested which is is this true for me you're going to get some really high ones that just don't resonate at all you're going to get some really low ones that won't resonate at all and everybody's different depending on where they are so to say Say it out loud and then map it to where they feel, you know, is this for me? So, so like you just read one out there in the break. Read it out again. <laughs> Do you have it there? <laughs> I will read it because it's, it, it's an important one in this job for sure. Not everyone will like me and that's OK with me. So that's one that everyone who's listening now can ask themselves, is it true for me? You know, not everyone will like me and that's OK with me. And sometimes it's not OK. Sometimes, you know, you have this idea, everybody has to like you. And so there's your work. So I see them as, you know, working into where you are, helping you move forward with where you're going. And some people, you know, it might not be for them to work with them this way. And that's okay. But there are people out there who really want to move forward with this to move from those lower notes into the higher notes. But just like I was saying earlier, I was experiencing panic and anxiety and all of those things. And when we feel like we're drowning, we need something to hold on to, hold on to an anchor to keep us here. And some of those affirmations are also designed to do that. So like what I would be saying to myself, my body just wants to heal. I need to give my body space to heal. My body just wants to heal. And that would hold me for the day that I was having if it was a bad day. And I would say, okay, I can do what I need to do to support myself today. And that would be my anchor. Does, you know, does that make sense? Yes, but you know, when we talk about the three again, because there are the three aspects to this body, spirit and mind 
you, you, you were unwell in body. But do you believe that happened maybe because of something in mind and spiritually or are, are they interlinked? I think, you know, as a healer, the path that I'm on, the more work I do, the more of the psychic weight, which is in the book, I release. And then I try to fit in with people who are carrying psychic weight and it's the match, you know, it's it's like, it's difficult. Explain that psychic weight in so a few lines if you can. It's really hard to, to get your head around it. I've written a big piece again about that in this book. And I read it and read it last night a couple of times. Help me. I'll give you an actual example. You meet somebody, you sit down, you have a cup of coffee with them and you leave and you feel heavy because you've taken on emotional pain. The person that comes into the room and sucks all the air out, No. Well, it could be the person that sees you as the willing, you know, taker of their emotions. They lay it all off on you. you, And they go off hop, skipping and jumping and feeling great. And and you don't even realise that you're feeling heavy. And then every day you get heavier and heavier and heavier. And that's psychic weight. And people use their psychic weight as an anchor to hold them in the world. So when I start healing with someone, I just say to them, "Okay, what are all the reasons why you would be afraid to be well? And that question usually takes people by surprise because they've never thought about it. Said, oh, I'll be happy. I'll leap out of bed. I'll want to do things. I'll have energy. I'm going to have to show up. Oh, my gosh. You know, and then all these ideas, which goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, the archetype or the role model for vibrant health. I say to you, you can be feeling really well and decide you're tired and want to take an afternoon off. You can be feeling great most of the time and need to make space to be on your own. You know, you can get angry and swear and be a healthy human being. You know, you can watch Breaking Bad and cheer for Walter White, even though he's one of the worst people <laughs> in the world. Because, you you know, you're allowed to be a human being. And if somebody crosses your boundaries even if you're healthy, vibrant being, you will swear, you'll be angry. But you know the difference between someone who's well and who isn't is that when you get angry, you release it, you let it go. When you're not well, you hold on to it and it solidifies and it becomes that psychic weight. There's an interesting question from a listener and she said she's loving listening to you on the show this <laughs> afternoon. And she just wanted to say something that her son has lived with Crohn's disease for 20 years, which is a physical ailment. Right. How do you cope in those situations? How do you heal? Now, that is a, a, an ailment, a physical ailment. Can, can anything we're talking about ease that? You, you won't get rid of the condition, I obviously. I think we all, we all have our things. I mean, a really good friend of mine said you could pluck any random person off the street, give them a spinal tap and find they all have these diseases either running latent in them or about to appear. And as there are many bodies, we have the emotional, the mental, I would start with the energy body. And I would look at that psychic weight because when you're feeling hopeless, when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling anxious, you're you're a magnet for other people's emotional energy and it just comes and sticks to you and weighs you down. That therefore creates a bad environment for your physical body to maintain and heal itself. So to look at the energy body, which is something nobody's doing because you can't see it with your eyes, but you feel it and you're not really sure what it is. And our tradition, our culture, and not just here, but everywhere in the world says, oh, well, if you're talking energy, you must be a crazy person. You know, so I would say do a clearing, energy clearing, energy cleansing every day for a week and then see how do you feel after that. And then it creates a space 
space for your body to rejuvenate and then your body starts to say, do you know, I really am craving fresh fruit or I really need more rest or I want some sunshine. But you can't hear what your body's saying if you're not listening to it and if you don't want to listen to it because you're carrying all of this psychic weight, which is pain and depression and anxiety and it's just overwhelming. Time will beat us. There are so many affirmations (coughs) in this book and as you said, there are 14 different categories that cover off such a range from acceptance to peace, love, relationships, abundance, gratitude. They're all in there. Is it a question of tiptoeing through this book? Read the whole book, by the way, and that's the first thing you need to do. But going through it and picking out ones when you see something you recognise that you'd like to enact or affirm in your life. Is that the way it works? Well, I say read the first part most definitely and orient yourself with how to do it. And what I've done, because I know people do have trouble with this, is I've created a bonus bundle on my website. So all of the clearing exercises, I've recorded them so that all you have to do is come to my website, download them and listen and do it with me until you, you know, you get, it's like, you know, you have an overgrown garden and you want to put a path through it and you have to keep hacking through those bushes and they keep growing back. So I'll help you do that with my voice, with the audio on the website, which is really, really great. And what springs to mind when you say that is, where are you in your life right now? What would you like? So, you know, if you want to start drawing or painting, but you still have the voice in your head that says you're not good enough, you're not worthy, then go to creating and pick then from, you know, the piano notes of the low notes to the high notes. Where am I? But don't fool yourself. Don't put yourself higher than where you are because that creates the disconnect. So it's about being honest with yourself. And that for some people can be really devastating because they realize, you know, that they have a lot of work to do. But you know what? Realizing that is a huge step, but it is the first step. And, you know, you'll never regret moving forward once you realize where you are. Thank you so much for dropping in again. The book is called, and I want to remind listeners, uh, The Book of Healing Affirmations. And you are signing when? I'm signing books in um, <clears throat> sorry, in Dublin City Centre on Friday. And I've been in and out of local bookshops and uh, signing books. But it's it's a wonderful... I just find, you know, if you just open the book, it can tell you what affirmation you need. You can put your hands on on the cover and say, "Okay, what do I need today? Let it open to an affirmation and then it picks it for you. It's great. So it's fantastic. You're great, too. I love (laughs) I love talking to you. I really do. (laughs) Thank you for joining us again on Late Lunch. We have a copy of the the book. I will tell you how you can win this book. We might keep it till book club. We have book club tomorrow on Late Lunch. So I may just pop it in there as well tomorrow. I'll make up my mind during the break. Abby Wynn, your website quickly. They want to know your website. Well, you can Google me. <coughs> Excuse me, Abby Wynn. It might be easier. A B B Y with no E, or it's A B B Y hyphen W Y N N E. And that woman with the son, I'd like to actually send her a copy too. So okay, can you great. get her details? We'll get the details for you, and you'll have a copy of that book. <laughs> thank you for sending in, and there are more questions there as well. Abby, for the moment, thank you for joining us. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Now open in Dundalk beside the Dundalk Retail Park. The nearly new sale is now on at Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Sean Tester is a tenor with St. Peter's Male Voice Choir and Sean is bringing a solo show. She's the one to the Barbican Centre, William Street in Drogheda on Saturday the 23rd of February. Tickets from the Barbican reception at the Westcourt Hotel are online at ticketweb.ie. Marie Reynolds and John Matthews get a pair of tickets each 
for that uh, show of Sean's this afternoon on Late Lunch. Well done to you. Now, three weeks after the birth of a baby girl in November 2017, Alexandra Felak suffered a catastrophic stroke. Life for Alexandra and the Felak family changed forever. Alexandra's husband, Martin, takes up the story. Everything was perfect. Before, my wife never, she had a problem with the health. So she's not smoking, no drinks, no nothing like that. She cares about herself. That after three weeks, she get the stroke. That was a, a horrible for us. And we cannot understand this because she cares about herself, you know. So, so that was very, very weird for the whole family. So. so your new daughter was only three weeks old and this happened out of the blue. So she has what's called locked-in syndrome. Yes. Explain then what this means. How incapacitated is she my wife she she get um like it's not like a like a, if i can say like that the standard uh, stroke because her brain is clear it's not destroyed so her brain is still like like what before but uh, i i don't know exactly the medical name this but under the brain it's a central point responsibility for the send the signal to the muscle so the brain sends a signal to that point, and that point sends a signal to the muscles. And that point, my wife, is destroyed. So she can't communicate? Uh, no, she cannot, she cannot move. She hasn't uh, any movement. She can only move eyes up and down, left and right, open and close, because that eye, the, the eye muscles are staring from the different parts of the brain. So we communicate uh, using the special board alphabet with alphabet and with the colors. So she chose the color uh, in the color. Every color she have a group of the letters, and then she chose the letter. And like that, we we can only communicate. Does she do this then by blinking her eye? Yes. So that's the only way you have of knowing what she wants and what she wants to say by the blink of an eye. She's totally locked into her body otherwise. But here's the thing. You said it there. She's aware of everything. Yeah, she knows everything what, what, is, what is beside her, everything what happened. And she's, in, I say, in Isla, inside, she's like she was before. Only she cannot move. She cannot move. She cannot talk. The, the second thing what what we try right now because my wife she's in the national rehabilitation hospital in Dunleary and the therapist they tried that the new technology in Ireland it uh, they call this Imigo so it's a special special switch would you join this uh, you tie this uh, switch trap this switch on on her hand and that switch feel the the small muscle movement. Because at the moment, after nearly one and a half year, my wife, she can move the thumb, the one finger. She can move this. So they use that switch. That switch is joined with a computer with a special program. And on the screen, my wife, she see the, like the program scan the letters and she choice, she choice the letter, like she be pressed the button, her thumb. This is a new technology, but, but we tried this, we tested this and, and the therapist from the hospital, they try help my wife. The by this by that by that switch. My wife she can talk with the with the other people, not only with me, because I'm I with my wife every day from the moment when she's hospital. I never pass the one day. So as I remember at the moment I remember very good that board. So I don't need to use the notebook or something like that. But other people, if if they want to talk with my wife, uh, 
they need the board, they need a notebook because she tells the words uh, letter by letter. So, but uh, thanks to this computer, she can she can build uh, she can build the words and all lots of words, and uh, she can talk with uh, other people. So they're using new technology, new methods to enable her with that movement she has in her thumb communicate yes. with other people. But that's all she has: yes. her eye, yes. the blink of her eye, and that little touch with her thumb. Yes, and before we tried, um, there was a system with the it's a they call this eye tracker. It's like uh, the camera, that camera see your eyes and on the screen you see the, the point and when you move your eyes, you move that point. But uh, that was difficult for my wife because she had very quick, uh, her eyes, they very quick, very tired. Yeah, even if I try myself, I after 15 minutes I need to get rest. So, so, so that was the difficult for my wife and the therapist in the National Rehabilitation Hospital, they find that Imigo. Okay, even this small step forward is a huge step for you, for her and the family as well. After this massive incident happened, she spent quite a lot of time, nine months in the Matter Hospital, and you're now attending Dunleary. Is she in and out as a day patient in Dunleary? Yes, yes. Thanks to good people, we buy the special van, what is the wheelchair accessible, and for the weekends... For the one night, two nights, I try to take my wife to home. So my mom, she lives in Thailand too. And my mother-in-law, when this happened, she come to us and, and she stay with us for help with the kids, with everything. Because uh, I need the help uh, with my wife. So it's minimum two people. She needs care 24 or 7. So when she stays for the night, I have my mom and my mother-in-law to help. So we take her to home because in home she feels much, much better. I see when she's in home, I see I see progress. For example, in the hospital, we try to give her uh, the, like yogurt, a little bit, a small syringe. We, we give her to the mouth yogurt. We, we training the swallow. And in the hospital, we say to my wife, Alexandra, please open your mouth. She cannot. She tried, but she cannot. But when she's home and I tell her, look, our daughter, she watch on you. Open the mouth for her. She opened the mouth just like that, like automatic. So this is amazing for me. And I, and I know when, when my wife, she come to home for good, she, she will make more steps with recovery, with everything. So, Yeah, so what you're saying to we, me is that when you get her home and she's at home, you feel that she'll improve even more. Yes, yes, yes. You have a young daughter now. You have another son as well who's 12, and I know he attends uh, a special school. So your family have been very important to you to help out with the children while you've been spending all this time with your wife. Yes. So, so at the moment, it's, it's very difficult for us because my mom she's still working. My mother, although she's she's older woman, so she haven't too much power like she she had years ago so we try we try apply for the the home care package for the health of my wife but it's very difficult at the moment to get this just waiting yeah it's difficult i know and it's not easy but my god you do deserve it and hopefully that will come through soon for you you, you obviously had to give up your job yes yes and, uh, before i'm working in the, the outco company and there was a uh, farm servicing and engineering i working in the engineering section not the engineer but i'm working on the engineering section and in there, I, I meet the very good people, like my two bosses or, or a friend of mine, 
like Lamud, I working with him, or even at all everybody who working in that one company, they helped me every time. They helped me themselves. I I never asked them about the help. They just helped me because they want. For for that one time, that was that was amazing for me. Even now, if I need any help, they they call to me and or or they tell me, just tell us what you need and we help you every time. So all that, all everybody in that one company, from the bosses to to the workers, everybody helped me. That was very amazing for me. First time in my life, I meet the people like like they are. And uh, so that was a very good job. I was very happy. And probably my boss, he was too very happy because <laughs> I'm still working before. I was still in there. So that was time from our dream, you know, to good job. We have a house. We rental the house. Good school for our son. That was a lovely time. The best time in, time in our lives. And our dream was to buy the house in Ireland. So that was a, that was a plan for 2018. We want to buy the house, but uh, my life changed after 20 minutes upside down, just like that. So, how long are you in Ireland? How long are you living here? I'm uh, today is today exactly three years from the 2016. I'm talking to you for a specific reason. We want to highlight Alexandra's situation and yours as a family, and you've set up a GoFundMe page, and it's been most successful, I have to say. There's lots of people supporting you, but you need more support. And I'm asking people today, consider this. This is really needy, really worthy, and something if you can help at all, it'll be much appreciated by the Felak family. How do they f- support the GoFundMe page, Martin? At the moment, I cannot back to work. This is my dream, back to work, because. I know when I back to work, it means my wife she's okay, and I and I I can working and and I can care about my family like 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 that should be. At the moment, it's impossible because uh, we get the information. Even if if my wife she get the cares, I must be with my wife 24/7. You need the money for for her, especially for her for your family. So it's okay. I great for that. Uh, that page and and we we do this. What's the name of the page? How do people look it up? Uh, please support Alexandra, but we we write the Alexandra in Polish name, so it's not X only K S. Yeah, I'll actually tell them what it is. It's Alexandra A L E K S A N D R A. So that's how you support this family, and they need all the support we can give them. So if you can do your best for the Felak family today, it would be absolutely wonderful. Martin, thank you for joining me. I know you're in Dunleary at the moment. I'll let you back to your wife there and we wish you well and hopefully things will work out in the short, medium and long term for you and the family and that the support continues from your former work colleagues and the general public. You really deserve it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to everybody for, for help. Yes, uh, that family needing all the help they can. Please support Alexandra, I-L-E-X-S-A-N-D-R-A is the GoFundMe page. And well done to everybody in Alsco in Trim. The people there in that company, the management and staff have been absolutely brilliant to that family. And I take my hat off to you all this afternoon. Support the page if you can, please. But in the meantime, we leave you with this song. I think it's really appropriate as we think of Alexandra today. See you tomorrow for late lunch on Valentine's Day, half one.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.